Hey, for the next uh, couple of weeks, uh, you that are in the room online as well, thank you. Come on, let's give it up for everybody watching online right now. Come on, online audience. Come on, we love y'all. Yeah. Um, uh, we're going to be looking at a, a two-week series right before Easter. I want to encourage you, come out, like Jack said, come out on Friday night, a good Friday. Uh, we're going to have a great, memorable, memorable night. I uh, don't want to you know, let the cat out of the bag, but uh, I want you to come. Worship is going to be great. We're going to do some things that I think are just going to uh, really impact all of us, uh, uh, setting up for Easter, uh, which will, of course, be Sunday. It's a Super Bowl Sunday, so uh, come on Easter. Invite everybody you can. We'll bring out as many chairs as we can in here. And we just believe we'll pack this place out for the glory of God and just see people's lives change. Amen, everybody? But leading up to that for the next couple of weeks, I, I was thinking about, you know, we just finished about a six-week uh, series uh, uh, for the last, you know, like six weeks we finished it. And uh, so I thought, you know, guys, kind of where we want to go, you know, leading up to Easter. And, and so I've been sitting on this uh, message for about two years now. And what I want to do is I just want to look at, um, I just want to look at for the next couple of weeks, several scriptures in the New Testament and in the Old Testament as well. Maybe we'll get to one there. But mainly in the New Testament that really just have this phrase in it. And here's the phrase, God is able. God is able. Because I think so many of us go through situations in our life and we kind of go, I, 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 I've read where God can do this, but, but will God do this for me? And we'll talk about that in just a minute with, with one, of these, uh, one of these scriptures. So today, I don't think we're going to get any, any longer than four. Uh, hopefully we'll get to all four. But if we don't, we'll just pick up next week. And we won't get through every scripture that God is able in the, in, in the Bible. But I want to give you a couple that I really think are going to help you, are going to, going to build your faith. Because when we, when we look at the scriptures and we read stuff like God is almighty, he is all-powerful. The Old Testament says and calls him by an Old Testament name in Hebrew, meaning El Shaddai. He is the all-sufficient one. He's got everything you need, whenever you need it, ever how you need it, he can get it to you. Can somebody say amen? amen. So, so, so the, the, I was just thinking about this. Like, like the, the natural phrase that sometimes we say, sometimes we hear, um, uh, we, we, we just hope that you do this or do this to the best of your ability. Uh, the phrase, do this to the best of your ability, doesn't apply to God. Because that would say God has some kind of limit on his ability. He is limitless. He, he, all power, all authority, anything that can happen, can happen with God. Anything that looks impossible, there is no thing that is impossible with God. Come on, everybody. So, so, so. Uh, listen, whether you're rich or whether you're poor, whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you're any ethnicity, all ethnicities, this applies to every single one of us that I just want to, for the next couple of weeks, I want us to just kind of sit on the operating table, if you will, let God inject, inject within us a shot of, come on, the, 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 we'll take the needle today that just goes throughout our body, goes throughout our mind, goes throughout our soul, goes throughout our spirit, that God is able. Amen. Come on, he's able. Come on, he's able. Here's the first scripture we're going to do. We're going to read a scripture from Ephesians chapter 3. It's lengthy until we get to the part that actually says God is able, but I know y'all are smart, so you're going to track with me. Let's read it with me. Ephesians chapter 3, we'll start in verse 16. This is a, Paul, a prayer that the apostle Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. There's two in Ephesians, in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3. I would encourage you, if you don't know this, write it down, jot it down. I would encourage you to pray it over your life and your family on a regular basis. Here's what it says. Paul prays, and he's asking God for something for this church. He says that God would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, or in your inner man, in your spirit man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints, all the believers, what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. And he says that you would know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. Check out verse 20. Now to him, now to God, who is able, there's our key word there, who is able to do what he's able to do. He's able to do what? He's able to do exceedingly. Able to do what? Exceedingly abundantly. 
Able to do what? He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above. Come on, when you read the Bible, you got to read the Bible slow. He's able to do exceedingly. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or we think. Woo, come on somebody. According to the power that works in us. Come on, verse 21. To him, come on somebody say amen and amen. That's what we were doing up here in a minute ago. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations. This is for all times, forever and ever. And all the church said amen. Amen. Paul prays that the church at Ephesus would be strengthened with might, strengthened with might in their inner man so that they could know something. They could know something, not think something just, not wonder something, not wish for something, not my fingers are crossed. He prays that they would be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power, listen to me, not in their bodies, by going to the gym, by taking your medicine, by taking your, your medication, right, by, by, by just living right, by exercising. No, he says, not, not just so that you would have soulish power, not so that you would just be the smartest knife in the drawer, not so that you get your BA and get your master's and get your PhD, and there's nothing wrong with any of it. If that's what God's got on your life, you go for it, baby, and run. But Paul's not saying that you'd be so smart that you would be able to answer all the mathematical questions in the world. Paul prays that you would be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in your inner man, your spirit man. Before you get so smart, before you get so strong, before you take your green juice, and I do regularly on a regular basis, before you do all that, make sure you're getting strong in your spirit man. And he tells us, we know, how you go, how's that going to happen? By reading the word of God, by in prayer, by doing what we're doing today, gathering with church people, by, by, by people going the same direction you and I are going, we're going to become more and more strengthened in our inner man. Now, it's interesting, the analogy that we have here from the book of Acts chapter 27, don't turn there, but the apostle Paul is on a ship going from one place to Rome, and the ship is going to break up. There's a northeastern storm that comes out of nowhere. Paul tells the dudes earlier, you shouldn't have gone, you should have listened to me, but here's what it says. It says that they started, uh, they started throwing stuff over the, over the ship to lighten the ship, but they got cables underneath the ship to try to cinch up the ship. This is the word that, that that in the Amplified uses that we would be strengthened with might in our inner man. That when we read the word of God, when we pray for ourselves, when we pray for others, God is then causing us in our spirit man to be undergirded against anything that's coming against us. And that we can understand that, what, that life is going to throw all kind of hell at you. And the only way to get you from here to there is you're going to have to be strengthened in your inner man. You can have all the money in the world and you can still be a wreck on the inside and messed up in your soul and on drugs because you don't have a strong inner man. Something like a, like, like, like a, like a, a, a toothache, so to speak, would jack you up because you're not strong on the inner man. Where you get somebody that goes through a train wreck, goes through loss, goes through death, goes through bankruptcy, and they're still serving God. How? Because they have been, they've realized my life will only make sense, my life will only get me from here to eternity if I'm strong on the inner man. Come on, everybody. It's available to us all. It's available to us all. So Paul is praying for this church. I'm praying that y'all get strengthened in your inner man, that Christ would dwell in your heart's through faith, he says, that you would be rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. He says, that, he says in praise that you would know the width and the length and the depth and the height and know the love of Christ that passes your knowledge. How much God loves you. So listen, we've said this before many weeks ago, but I'll say it again. If you're strong on the inside, listen, if you're strong on the inside, Whatever's going on, if you're strong on the inside, you can endure whatever comes to you on the outside. But listen to me, just being strong on the outside, just being cute with makeup on, like me today, I got a little makeup on. 
I always do on Sunday because I'm white, white on the TV lights. Come on, somebody. Uh, uh, you can be cute and have some cute clothes and you can live in the greatest place. But listen, being cute on the inside doesn't mean that you're going to make it on the outside. Right. So, 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 excuse me. Uh, on the outside and make it on the inside. So, so you've got to make sure that the first thing that happens in your life is that you cinch up, undergird your life to realize who God is his purpose and his plan for your life, that you know that God is for me. God is for me. So Paul specifically, again, prays that they would know what is the width and the length, the height, the depth of the love of Christ that would now fill their hearts. He specifically prays that. So this must be something that we need to know today. We need to know how much God loves us. We're going to celebrate in a couple of weeks. We're going to be reminded again about Easter and Good Friday. And really, it is nothing, uh, nothing less than a display of how much God loves us. We know from the scripture tells us that nothing now can ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Paul writes in Romans 8. He says, death can't, life can't, angels can't, situations coming in your life can't ever, they can try, but they cannot separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. God is forever committed to you. God will always love you. Always. And so Paul prays specifically that this church would know that, that they would understand that, that their hearts would be open to that, that, that the, their lives would be undergird with that because there's storms and there's tests and there's challenges that come to all of us. And I guarantee you probably have, I probably had a couple times in my life where I'm going, God, do you really love me up in here? If you really love me, I'm needing your help right now. Seems like you're not hearing me. Seems like you're not listening to me. And we've all had times like that, I'm sure, in our lives. But we've got to come back and realize that our lives are going to be undergird, cabling under our lives, if you will, strengthened with might from the Spirit to go through every test, challenge, difficulty, and every season in our life where it looks like the Word of God is not working. The only way you get from here to there, to eternity, to spend eternity with God, is that your life must be undergird with might. Come on, somebody. So Paul says this. Again, here's this, this phrase, and here, here it is in, in the Amplified, that it says, God is able. God is it. We got it up here or no? We working up here? No. Okay. It's up in the big screen. Okay, so forget this. Look at this. God is able. God is able. To do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Here's the Amplified. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers, highest desires, highest thoughts, highest hopes, or highest dreams. According to, or in a measure consistent with, the power that works in us. God is able. Come on, say that with me. God is able. He's able to do what? He's able to do exceedingly abundantly, above and beyond all I could ask or think, infinitely beyond my highest prayers. You've got to be kidding me. My highest desires for my life, my family's life. Uh, my, but beyond my highest thought that I could ever think that God would ever do for me beyond my hope just a just a hope of a confident future beyond man I can dream some stuff he's able to do beyond what I can even dream him doing for me but he says it's according to it's according to or in a manner consistent with the power that works in us now, 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 come on, now, now, now. I, I, I've had some discussions with some other people about this, and, and here's my take on this. Now, you read it, you study it. If, if you think something different, that's all cool. We're still friends up in here. But here's the, the revelation that I've got personally. I believe in context of this scripture, 
Paul is saying to the church, if you will know the width, the length, the depth, the height of the love of Christ, what far-reaching God the Father did for mankind through Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection, when you know how much he loves you, that is the foundation for you then to tap into his ability that no matter what you're facing, you will come out of it saying, it is possible. This is possible. God is able. Now, I've known situations, and you have too. That's some things that I thought God was going to do, God didn't do. But can I tell you something? He always turned it around for good. Our job, I believe, is to believe in the middle of hell, in the middle of darkness, in the middle of tests and challenges, that God is able. Man. He says here in the Amplified that God being able to do above all you ask, I believe it's talking about prayer. He's able to do above all you ask, talking about prayer, where you pray for your own life. You're praying for your family. You're praying for loved ones. You're praying for situations in the world. You're praying that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all we ask. So listen to me. If you're not asking, you'll never tap into God's ability. If your mouth is silent, if you're never in prayer, if you're never petitioning, if you're never coming to the Father in confidence in the Word, asking Him to do something for you, through you, with you, in your family, in your situation, in your city, in the world, you are never going to see God's ability. If you're trying to figure out everything in your own mind, you're trying to figure out, you're trying to do all your networking, and that's cool, but listen to me, there, there's a God above the network. Come on, everybody. Come on. Amen. Yeah. So, so, so God being able to, to do above, uh, beyond all you ask is talks about prayer. But then God being able to do above all you think is talking about, I believe, your spiritual imagination. Above all I can think. Above all I can think about how God could use me, about how God could work through me, do something in the business he's called me to, do something with my family, do something in this awful situation that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all I can ask or think, infinitely beyond my hopes or dreams or desires, beyond what I can imagine God to do. My Holy Spirit-led, Spirit-filled imagination, the Scripture tells us, that God is able still to do above and beyond that. Listen to me, God's ability knows no limits. And so if you're facing something today and just go, uh, just like I'm at the end of my rope, I don't know how. Listen to me, there is a God who will help you. There's a God who will bless you. There's a God who will undergird your life. There's a God who will hold you up. God is able. Man, he's able. Man. I, I, I believe this. I believe that God wants to do stuff. Listen, I'll just say it this way. Is that... I believe God wants to do stuff for you that you don't even think he should do for you. Because here's what I think. I think most, I'll say it, I'll say it true. <laughs> for me, I think for all of us. I think some of us go through life thinking we don't deserve what God wants to bless us with. Somehow you've ticked God off. Somehow he knows what you've done in secret, which he does. But somehow you think what you've done is somehow messing with his ability to love. It, it would be, forgive me, but so, so a goofy illustration, it would be like my, my granddaughter, who I just changed her stinky diaper. For me, after church, to pick her up and still have in my mind, you made me change your stinky diaper. So, listen, listen. And so it affects me all day. It affects me all day. I remember... I, why did, why did you make, why did you do that to me? She didn't do anything to me. God 
loves you. You are deserving of his love. You are the affection of his love. Listen to me. If God has a refrigerator, your face is on the refrigerator. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all believe in he's got a refrigerator? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Come on, say it one more time. God is able. God is able. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all you can ask or think. According to the power, listen to me, of his love working in you. I know you love me. I know you love me. You, pr you proved it. In two weeks we celebrated. You proved it. Jesus went to the cross for me. You love me just like you love Jesus. Amen. Come on, the second scripture we're going to look at this morning is in Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. Matthew 9, 27. Okay, we got it back up here. Let's read it. It says, Jesus departed from there, and two blind men followed Jesus. And they were crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, check it out, do you believe that I am able to do this? Do you believe I'm able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord. And, and, and then he touched their eyes and saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open. Come on. Come on. Here's a, here's a key phrase. Do you believe that I am able to do it? Do you believe, Jesus said, that I am able I think Jesus is still asking that question to us today. Do you believe I'm able to work in this sickness and disease in your body and heal it? Do you believe I'm able to restore your marriage that's broken right now, that looks like y'all going in different directions? Do you believe that I'm able to help you with kids that are entertaining some different thoughts or sexual identity or what? Do you believe that I can break addiction in your life? Do you believe that I will help you with your job and finances and inflation and gas and house prices in San Diego? Do you believe that I've got your future in store and I'm going to bless you? Listen, everything in your life doesn't hinge on his ability. It hinges on you believing in his ability. Man. Interesting about these blind men, you know, we just read it. It says the, the, these blind men come to Jesus and they follow Jesus, like crying out to him. And it's interesting. Again, you got to read the Bible slow. You, listen, please read the Bible slow because then you got to read it and you got to put yourself in the story. Two blind men start following Jesus and they're crying out to him. So, you know, your son of David, you know, you know, have some mercy on us. And it says when Jesus went into the house, when Jesus went into the house, Jesus didn't even stop when the blind men were crying for him. But he went into the house. So, so listen to me. How far will you follow Jesus? Will you follow Jesus when it looks like Jesus ain't paying attention to you? That's what we got here. You can't read it any other way. I don't know who was with the blind men, helping the blind men, but blind men can't follow you in a house where you don't know how to get to the house. So they had some friends or whatever, what it was, but Jesus just doesn't stop at the first cry. I don't know why it is that way. It's not always that way, but this story says it's that way. These guys followed him, then they followed him into the house. And so I believe for us, if we're going to tap into the ability of God, there has to be a passionate, lifelong pursuit in our lives that say, I'm following Jesus no matter what. Come on, everybody. I'm just going to follow Jesus. Now, 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 let me say this here. Let me just, let me just come on, throw this out there. Is that I'm not saying, and the scripture's not saying, you got to work for a blessing from Jesus. That somehow you got to follow him tooth and nail, if you will. And you just got to, you got to claw your way to Jesus. Because if you don't claw your way to Jesus, somehow he's looking at you like, like you don't deserve it. You really don't mean it. That's not what I'm saying at all. But there is something over and over in the scripture about a passionate pursuit of God that draws Jesus' attention. A passionate pursuit. We've got to be people that follow Jesus, listen to me, on dark days, on challenging days, 
on crazy days when everybody's left us. We got to be people that make up our mind. We're going to believe God when it doesn't look like anything's happening. We got to be people like, like the team was leading us this morning that we're just going to praise God and we're going to sing hallelujah in the, in the presence of our enemies. That's the passionate pursuit that taps into the ability of God. Uh, listen, the, the blind men's belief in Jesus' ability, we've already said it, but they, it, it released Jesus' ability. The ability wasn't released until they believed in the ability. I, I think some of us just think if God's going to do something... God's just going to do it because we do know that God is sovereign. God can do whatever he wants to do with whoever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. But what we find in the scriptures concerning anybody that came to Jesus, anybody that needed anything, listen to me, anybody that needed anything and came to Jesus got what they came for. It's crazy. It's crazy. We have scripture after scripture that tells that. And listen, and I know situations in my own life where I go, I thought I, th this is what I'm asking, but maybe I didn't get it the way I thought I should get it. But in the end, when I look back, I really did get what I needed. Amen. I really did. Time will prove God is faithful. Amen. He's faithful. Now, now, it's interesting, too, in this story. These two guys, they cry out to Jesus. Maybe you didn't pick it up. Let me tell you again. They cry out to Jesus and they say, son of David, have mercy on us. The, the phrase son of David is used 12 times in the Gospels. And, and uh, um, if you study it a little bit, it's a messianic you know, kind of term and it carried a nationalistic meaning, meaning the Jewish people were looking for the son of David to come and liberate them from the Roman oppression. But it's interesting here in, in this particular story, uh, uh, Jesus was not stopped by them calling him son of David. He still then kept going on and went to the house. Me meaning, I, I think what Jesus was, was trying to show by not stopping was, I'm not going to come here by force, and I'm not going to come here by fight, and I'm not going to come here and liberate you from something else. There's some other force that's working in this environment called the force of sin, and I'm going to liberate you from that. And so they come into the house, and, 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 and they came to Jesus, and, and, and as they came into the house, it just simply says, Jesus says, Are, do, do, you, do you believe I'm able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, we believe you're able. And it's interesting what Jesus said. We read it, according to your faith, let it be to you. So one more time, the, the, uh, the, the how would we say that? The amount, the ingredient, the... Uh, the demonstration of God's ability in your life will be directly connected to how much you believe in his ability. If you believe, as you look at a situation, you go, I, I don't think, it, I, never going to be changed. Guess what? No God ability in that area. If you say, uh, uh, wow, I, I, I'm going to believe God for my marriage. I'm, I'm going to stand on my marriage. All of a sudden, there's going to be ability from God in your life. Let it be to you according to your faith. Your faith taps into his ability. His ability. It's just, it's just amazing. It's amazing. Now, now, as we talk about this, let, let me just kind of take a sidestep because it's almost like the twin sister of ability that we see in the scriptures is that God not only has the power, he's not only able, but listen to me, he's willing He's willing. And I think that so many people have a, just struggle with this. Maybe you don't struggle with God's ability. Maybe, maybe you, you know, you've been raised in church or you're, you're grown spiritual enough to go, yeah, God's able to do anything. He's able to do anything. But, but the question might be for you is, will he? I know you will for this person, but will you for me? Will you help me? 
Will you bless me? Will you heal me? Listen to me. Over and over we find in the scriptures that God is good to all, <laughs> including you. He not only has the power to do whatever you need him to do, he is willing to do what you need to do. He is full of grace, he's full of kindness, he's full of generosity, he's full of healing, he's full of provision, he's full of wisdom, he's full of compassion, he's full of mercy. Listen to me, God is not only able, but God is also willing. Amen, everybody? Yeah. So, let me encourage you this morning. No matter what you're facing, God's able. He's able to heal you. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly, above and beyond all you can ask or think, according to how much do you know God loves you? How much do you know God loves you? Something Kimberly and I constantly with our four kids and now the grandkids, we tell them, we told them over and over and over and over and over, especially when they messed up, especially when they did something stupid. Listen to me. You can't do anything that would ever not make us love you. Listen, we're going to love you. We're going to love you. We're going to smack you up a little bit, but we're going to love you. <laughs> That's called tough love. Come on, somebody. No, I'm just kidding. But you, you get it. Come on. We're always going to love you. Always going to be there. Always going to be in your corner. Right, everybody? Come on. So, so listen. God loves you. He loves you. Undergird your life with that. And you're going to tap into more of God's ability. Come on. Let's go a couple more. We got time for a couple more this morning? All right. Come on. That's a lot of amens. Come on. Let's go. Ephesians, this will be a real quick one. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. This is in the Amplified Bible. I love this one. These two, last two kind of go together. Look what it says here. Therefore he, this is Jesus, he is able also to save to the uttermost. Here it is. He is able. What's he able to do? What's God's ability able to do in this scripture? He's able to save you to the uttermost. He's able to save you completely, perfectly, finally, and for all time and eternity. Those who come to God through him. My, my, my. Since, since he is always living to make a petition to God and intercede with God, uh, him, and intervene for them. Wow. So this scripture tells us that Jesus, for all time, for all time, he is able to save you. He is able to save you how? Completely, to the uttermost. Able to save you perfectly, finally, for all time. Listen to me. Someone, I've had this asked to me many, many times since I'm a pastor. You know, do you believe in once saved, always saved? And I say, I believe in once saved, always saved for whoever wants to just still be saved. You don't want to be saved? You want to leave God? You want to go do something stupid? You want to turn your back on God? You want to, you want to say, I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in the blood of Jesus. I don't believe he's a savior. I don't believe in the cross. I don't believe he came. I believe it's all a myth. Then that's one thing. You're turning your back. But if you believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, if you believe he is a savior of the world, you are saved and you will be eternally saved. There is nothing that you could do uh, apart from what I just said with completely turning your back and calling the blood of Jesus a curse, what the New Testament says, that would ever take you out of being saved. He will save you to the uttermost completely, perfectly, for all time, forever and ever and ever. Say amen and amen. Yeah. So he's going to save you. He's going to deliver you. He's going to watch over you. He's going to protect you. He's going to guide you. He's going to provide for you. That's what he said he would do. The word save is a very rich word. It just doesn't mean, it just doesn't mean uh, uh, eternally saved, although that's a beautiful part of it. But the word save actually means he's going to heal you. It means healing. It means preservation. He's going to preserve you. He's going to guard you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to give you soundness or wholeness in your mind. He is going to deliver you. That's what this word means. That Jesus, for all time, he's able to save you. He's able to provide for you. He's able to heal you. He's able to keep your mind from going crazy, dealing whatever, with whatever you're dealing with. He's able to keep you moving down the pathway of productivity and lively and godliness that he has for you, for everybody, for all time. This isn't just a proportion of your life and somehow he just lets you carry on with life on your own. No, for all your life, he says, I'm committed to you. I will save you. What he starts, he finishes. He will always be our Lord. God is able to save us. Man alive. Man. 
And he tells us, come on, let's put up that scripture one more time. Amy, can we do that? That Hebrews 7, 25. Uh, Look at this now. Therefore, he's able to save to the uttermost. Look at this completely, perfectly, finally. That's when we go to heaven. Finally, and for all time and eternity. Those who come to God through him. Let's go to that last part. Since he is always living to make petition to God. Look at Since Jesus is always praying to God. What's he praying to God for? He's praying to God and interceding and intervening for you. Listen to me. Wow, man. You're going through a bad hair day, going through a crazy thing, can't find work, can't, kids gone crazy, Life, life's bananas all around you. Listen to me. Jesus is praying for you. Can't find a job, great. Well, how am I going to pay rent? Jesus is praying for you. Looks hopeless, looks like I don't know where to go, don't know how many friends, don't know how to get up. Jesus is praying for you. He's interceding, he's intervening for you. My, the blood of Jesus proves that. When you come to God the Father through Jesus Christ in salvation, Jesus is committed to petitioning before the Father in every need you bring to him intervening for you, man, interceding, being there for you. His blood is always speaking before the Father. They're redeemed. They're called. They're saved. They're healed. They're blessed. They're chosen. They're accepted. They're delivered. Father, see them through my blood. Come on, everybody. Come on, say it one more time. God is able. He's able to save you. Listen, don't you ever count anybody out. Don't you count anybody out. And I tell you what, make sure you don't count out your family. Look like they're too far gone. No, 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 no. Come on. God is able to save them to the uttermost. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Come on, one more here real quick. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. Come on, we doing all right this morning? Come on, God is able, God is able. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. I love this scripture, check it out. Paul writes to Timothy, he's a pastor, he says, for this reason I suffer these things, I'm going through a hard time. He says, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded, what is he persuaded? That he is able, he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. This again goes right with what we just read in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. That I'm persuaded, he says, that God is able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day. And, and, all, and, and like Timothy says, all the challenges, all the tests, all the trials, all the stuff I've gone through and what you're going to be going through. He says, don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Don't, don't, don't be withdrawn concerning all these sufferings you're going through. All, all the no's that you got, all the people that have left you, all the people that deserted you, all the people that ghosted you, all the people that unfollowed you, <laughs> all the friends that said they're going to be with you, all the people that said they're going to help you, all, all those people that are just gone by the wayside. He said, listen, 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 listen. All, all the suffering you've been through, listen, uh, doesn't, doesn't matter. God is able still to keep you. And God will be with you. And God is going to help you. Man. So Paul's assurance giving to Timothy is that Jesus is going to guard you. God, Jesus is going to be with you until he says that day. Notice that last one. Uh, you, you're able to keep. That which I've committed to you, my life, my life, my future, my life as I serve you, I've committed my life to you, you're able to keep me until that day, that day that we leave this earth, that day that we then spend eternity with God. Martin Luther, the great reformer, you know, that we get our, our, our New Testament understanding on grace, uh, you know, that we're saved by grace through faith, not by works. Martin Luther, the, the reformer, said this. There, there are two days on my calendar. He said, there's two days on my calendar. This day and that day. This day. I need to make sure that I make Jesus the Lord of my life this day. That I look to him this day. That I trust him this day. 
that I serve him this day, but I have, a light, I have my eyes lit on that day. I'm not just living for this day. This day is important. But I've also got my eye on heaven on that day. Man. So we can have confidence no matter what we're going through. That after we leave this life, that there's another life to be with Jesus forever and ever. There's no fear in death for the believer. The Bible says to be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord. Paul writes and he, to the Thessalonians and he says that the believer is going to be preserved, blameless, until the coming of the Lord in spirit, soul, and body. So let me just finish with this. We didn't read the scripture, this whole, the, the verses before this in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1. But the Apostle Paul uses three words for Jesus in talking to the church that Timothy is pastoring, the church at Ephesus. And Paul tells Timothy, it's really interesting when you study these three words, I, th I just think they have bearing for us today. So we're going to close with this. Is that you and I can trust Jesus to be our Savior regarding these three words specifically that Paul gave Pastor Timothy. And he gave it to him to teach his congregation. Hence, I'm giving these words to you today. You, you, you know these words, but I want to break them down for you. You can trust Jesus to be your number one Savior, to be your Savior. Meaning, he became sin. He took your sin. Listen to me. Jesus took your sin. He saves you from your sins. Every single time you pray, say, God, here, here I am again. Forgive me for what I did. He, he, he saves you from your sins. He gave you his righteousness, meaning his right standing. He always will deliver you. You, you never have to question that. He always will deliver you. He always will. Look at this next thought. I think we got something else there. Do we? Yeah? No? I think. Here we go. Since he died to take away our sins, that, what a reality there. He died to take away your sins. He will remain faithful to remove the stain of sin when we confess and repent of them. Uh, I was out, I don't know where I was. Um, oh, I was e eating, eating some food the other day, last week, and tacos, probably tacos. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was, and I took a bite. You ever take a bite? And, and, and you take a bite, and the other thing squirts out, and it squirted out of my shirt. I don't know the last time I did that, but it squirted on my shirt. And it's like, oh, man. And then uh, 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 we, we washed it. I, I did the wrong thing. I threw it down. I didn't put the stain remover stuff on it. Didn't shout it out or whatever you're supposed to do. And so, come on, let's shout it out, right? I shouted it. Ah! It didn't work. I don't know what happened. Ah! <laughs> so Kimberly, Kimberly washed it, and, it and, and, and it's a white shirt. And so it came out and went, oh, man, there it is. So, so I, I think the shirt's done. I think it's done. This is gone. No, look at, look at, come on, come on, come on, look at, come on, come on, Mexican mama's got a heart, come on, yeah, I got a little remedy going on, we ain't, we ain't throwing out nothing, come on, all right, all right, y'all talk to me about that, we'll figure it out, but I'm, I, I saw it, I mean, it was washed, and there, then Kimberly went, oh man, look, there's the stain, there's the stain, listen to me, Jesus removed all your stains. He's Savior. When we confess, we repent, the stain's gone. The stain's gone. Because the stain reminded me of what I did wrong. I just took too big of a bite. The stain of life, we remember it. But He became your savior, your sin remover. Come on, somebody. Come on. Paul then writes in that chapter, he calls Jesus Christ. That's the second word. You can trust Jesus to be your Christ, 
it means he's your Messiah. That's Old Testament word. But the New Testament, uh, what it actually means is he is your anointed one. Anointed. What's he anointed to do? He's anointed to remove every burden, destroy every yoke in your life. That's sin brought. He's the promised one, the long promised one in the Old Testament. That's what we read over and over. That this is who Jesus Christ is. That Jesus is the anointed. He is the anointed one. Destroys all burdens. Destroys all yokes. Destroys every work that the devil has done. He's anointed to unravel the strongholds and the effects that the curse brought on mankind. Jesus, listen to me, as Christ is the liberator of men. Man needed to be liberated from the effects of sin. This is what the Messiah, Jesus the Christ, did for you. Listen to me, God is able to break every stronghold over your life, every stronghold over your family. He's able to completely and utterly set you free. Yeah. Last word. Last word. I like this one. Last word is that he's Lord. You can trust Jesus Christ. Paul tells us that we can trust him to be our Lord. Trust him to be our Lord. It means that Jesus is master and ruler. Come on, somebody. He does what he does, and no one can stop or thwart him. He is sovereign. He is omnipotent. My, 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 my. This is who Jesus is. This is who he is forever and ever and ever. He is omnipresent. He is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. Come on, he is all-knowing. He is everywhere. Jesus is God. This is what it means. He's deity. Come on, Jesus is God. He's deity. He's deity. He just wasn't a man. He just wasn't a prophet. He's deity. He's one with God the Father. He has been given authority over all things to rule and reign. So listen, over your life, God is able to rule and to reign and to turn things around that have been, have been raveled by sin and by the curse in the earth, by whatever's gone on in your family tree, God is able to completely change and thwart the effects of the enemy in your and my life. Come on, somebody give him some praise up in the house today. Come on, shout it out with me. God is able. Come on. Come on, shout it out online. God is able. Come on. God is able. He's able to do. Come on, somebody. He's able to do. Why? Come on. We got a God. Listen to me. Wow. We got a God who will work for you. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all you ask or think. So that would tell me we all need to be praying a little bit more. I need you to do this. I need you to do this. I'm asking you, Father God, would you do this? Would you save them? Would you heal them? Would you deliver them? Would you bless them? Would you restore them? If you're able, I want to I tap into your ability. I, I want to get my mind right. Come on, I want to get thinking some God thoughts up in here. Come on, how about some entrepreneurs thinking some different thoughts that God's going to bless and give you some ideas that are going to further the gospel of the kingdom. Come on, we got quiet in here. Come on, somebody. Come on, God blessing his people so that the kingdom of God can be perpetuated. Come on. Wow, he's able to do it. He's my intercessor. He's my intervener. Lord, you know, I'm coming to you. And it seems like you're not around. It seems like you're distant. I'm just going to then, I'm going to keep following you like the blind man. I'm going to keep following you. If somehow, if somehow, if somehow you hadn't turned yet, this is a little crazy thing to say, but if somehow you hadn't turned yet, I'm going to keep following you until you turn. And we're looking. And I got your attention. I'm going to passionately follow you when it seems like heaven is brass. It seems like my prayers aren't getting through. No, never mind to me. I know you hear me. I don't know, I don't know why it seems like it's taken so long. My job is I'm going to passionately pursue you. 
and I'm going to praise my way out of this pain. Come on, somebody. I'm going to praise my way out of the problem. I'm going to keep looking to you because I know, we read it, I know you love me. I know you do. We just read it. But I'm going to know more and more. The width, the length, the depth, the height passes my knowledge. Wow. And you're working for me. Yeah. So come on, all over the room, just bow your head as we close this morning. Online as well. Father, I just thank you that we, we, we just, we're just so appreciative of your ability. Thank you that we know you're able. And Father God, I pray for everybody in the room that they'll tap into not only your ability, but your willingness. That nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing we've done or could ever do. Your grace is greater. So Father, today, I'm asking you that by the power of the Holy Spirit, every heart is opened in this place and online, that Father God, you would reveal your great mercy and your great ability to every person in this room. Father God, show up and show out in ways that are infinitely beyond their highest hopes, dreams, or desires. Father God, do things in these next weeks and months as it seems like the earth is just getting darker and darker. Use us to be a beacon of light and we'll tell people over and over and over how good you've been to us. Oh, Lord God, God is able. You're able to intervene. You're able to save to the uttermost. You're able to do above all we can ask or think. You're able to heal. Our faith is tapping into your ability. Amen. While your head's bowed, your eyes are closed. Come on, no one looking around. You at the house, we're going to pray for you as well. If you don't know Jesus, this is your time. If you're away from Jesus, you're just, you're just kind of like, you're just distant. You're just not close. You're just not close. You know, you can follow, but you can follow a long way away. But you just go, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just not following close. And just something in your heart today, your life today, you say, I got to get it right. I got to get it right. Man, I, I, I want to tap into his approach.